Warrior Woman, welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 62 and I am on day 11 of my cycle. Today's episode, it is with two of my favorite humans. They are a wealth of knowledge. So much knowledge comes out of these two. They've been doing uh, their work for over 20 years. Josh and Janine from East West Healing, also known as the Real Food Gangsters, are back. This is the second time on the podcast. And if I had my way, I would have them on every day. I just thoroughly enjoy connecting with them and listening to their wisdom. What do they do? Well, they help confused, tired men and women restore their thyroid with food. Through their method, the RTN method, uh, they really support people in understanding how to nourish their body so they can regulate their energy, they can heal their thyroid, which is super cool. Uh, And today in the episode, we talk about lots of things. Uh, We start off talking about the weather and why darkness is a stressor. And then we go into looking at how to listen to our bodies. You know, we talk about why we actually don't listen to our bodies, why there's a disconnection there and how we can start to learn to listen. And what does it mean to listen to our body? They share uh, a few things that they do to help their clients start to learn how to listen and create that connection to their body. One is using a food diary. So we talk about why a food diary is important. Then we chat about the environment, you know, what's in our environment that's creating the most stress. What changes do we need to make uh, to manage that stress? And we kind of finish our conversation talking about, you know, honoring what we're capable of, you know, in this moment, in this hour, in this day, and how to really look at our capacity and resiliency for stress and start to increase that capacity. Then we finish talking a little bit about, you know, how do you know if your workout is working for you? And this is what I really wanted to talk about today, but uh, we didn't quite get there. So the next episode that we do together will be on Uh, training. So training and the metabolism, fueling training. How do you know if the training practice is working for you? Signs that you can look for. How do you know if you're, you know, fueling well enough to support your training? So we're going to dive into all of that in the next episode. But for today, thanks for joining. Thanks for listening. If you don't follow them, go and follow them at Real Food Gangsters. Uh, and enjoy. Welcome to the Warrior School podcast, the podcast for women who train. I am your teacher, Amy Bow, coach, dietitian, and the creator of Warrior School. I believe the quality of our cycles determines the quality of our training and lives. And I believe lifting weights, knowing our cycles, and training with them is the future of women's training. Each week on the podcast, myself and other professionals will talk about how to know your cycle, eat to support your physiology and training, and how to train smart so you can finally get the results that you want in your training. Okay, Warrior Woman, let's do this.
Yeah. yeah and I, I have a conversation a lot with uh, the women that I work with. The fact that you know, they live here and they actually don't see a lot of sunshine in itself is very stressful for the body. And so, uh, and that to them, like they never really thought about it like that, that the lack of the darkness, the gray, the lack of the exposure to the blue sky and the sun, it's, it's so stressful. And so then they're doing all of these other things, but yet they don't have this what I think is so important. Right. More foundational. Yeah. Like it should be like, to me, I often talk about it. Like, you know, I am in the wrong habitat here. Like I feel like I'm an Australian lizard that's been picked up and like put in Antarctica that like, is just like, what is going on? Because like, I haven't felt right. And that's, I guess the only way I can explain it in four years because of the lack of sunshine. Yeah. Yeah, everything feels just harder. Uh, harder. 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 <laughs> yeah. So thank you for coming on again, yeah. for making the space. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited to speak to you. Uh, I, I wish I could have you on every week. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> That's sweet. Um, being here last time. So excited to be here today. Yeah. Yeah, it got... Um, such a good response and I got such good connection from it. I guess people, they just love to talk about food. <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. They want, the, well, it's always, it's always everywhere we go for so many years. It's like we had to be careful of what we conversed about, right? Because everybody wants to know and dig in and they want to share their views and what's right, what's wrong, so on and so forth. But it's an interesting conversation, food. Well, and, every, and you're right, everyone wants to talk about it. Yeah, they want to talk about it. And training is such a big piece of my work. But what I'm finding is that, you know, I'm getting these women that have been dieting for years or decades that have such a disconnection to their body and to what nourishes themselves that I get pulled into the food piece very quickly. You know, a lot of them come to me because they can't get the results that they want from their training, whatever the results means to them. Uh, And then we start and we focus on the training, but really quickly it's the, they're not nourishing or they're not sure how to nourish. So today I thought, can we, can we talk about that? Can we talk about like, how do we eat to support the training and then bring in the cycle piece Mm -hmm. to that? Yeah. Uh, because yeah, we get, I get pulled in straight away because often they're not nourishing themselves enough to, to just to support themselves daily. And then they're training mm-hmm. on top of this. So that's creating even more stress. Um, yeah. So I wanted to speak to Something you guys. Something we see every day. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, and I thought, I thought we could start with this piece around, like, how do you listen to your body? Because when I start to speak about that to the women that I work with, they don't even know what I mean because they haven't been listening to their body for years or decades because they've been following a diet or a way that's been telling them how to eat. So I wanted to start there. Okay. Yeah. I think that we are in a culture that it's not just about. Well, let's wait for the. Oh, we wait. Oh, let's go. Let's do this. Are you ready to go? 
Oh no, I wait, we're started. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh I didn't know we already started. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm not, yeah, I'm not doing an intro. We've just I'll go back and I'll find oh, you a place. Can, oh, okay, you talented girl. <laughs> I'll just find a place, maybe when we start talking about the weather or something. I don't know. But we're just well, we're starting. I think people don't tune in because you know, if we rewind it, because a lot of what we believe in is kind of like cause and effect. A lot of people like to focus on okay, here's the problem. How do I fix it? And we've written about this before. It's like everyone's strangling nutrition, right? <laughs> but they're ignoring all these other pieces. It's like, well, this diet didn't work. Let me try another one. This practitioner didn't work. Let me try another one. This lab didn't work. Let So forth, right? And we're strangling all these things, but we're ignoring to some extent because no one's really asking us to focus on it, but we're ignoring all these other pieces of the healing puzzle. And, and we're ignoring really like, the traumas in our life from childhood or our teenage years or adulthood or, or the stresses in our life that kind of pushed us into that piece of, I don't really want to feel cause it's scary. You know, I don't want to feel because I've been, you know, taught not to feel or it's weak or whatever it is, you know? And I think a lot of us, you know, it, it literally stems from that stress and pain. One of our mentors taught us long ago, it's like there's five levels of pain. The first level is pain. Then I think it's like itching, tingling, ticklish, and numbness. Those are the five levels of pain, right? So when we have this pain growing up and tell me a child that hasn't had a pain through their life, we, we learn to not feel, especially in this culture, right? We don't even communicate anymore face-to-face hardly. So you lose feelings, right? Um, and I think that's what a lot, that's why a lot of people don't know how to feel when you say, hey, Tell me how you feel, right? A lot of people say, well, I don't even know how I feel, right? Because they've never been asked. Right. Right? They've never been asked. And so what Josh is saying, as far as the conditioning belief systems, you know, chronic stresses that induce micro traumas. So there doesn't necessarily have to be an event or something that we relate to, but really the underlying state of the physiology that over time loses that ability to bounce back. So we're not fluctuating fluidly between parasympathetic and sympathetic. We're just kind of staying and holding sometimes and freeze well, <laughs> paralysis, I, right? So just to interrupt you and you can keep going, but just so everyone knows when we say stress and trauma, they're all the same thing. It's not the thing. It's the physiological reaction, yeah. the impact in the system that's happening right? That even though that trauma's ended or that stress has ended or that diet's ended or whatever it may be, it's still happening within the system, right? It's almost like if you go run 26 miles or 50 miles when you're done, it's not like your body's like, okay, I'm done. I'm just going to recover in 20 minutes. It's still there. So that's really what we're talking about. And that's what pushes people towards this place of the conditioning. I don't know how I feel. I've never been asked how I feel. I remember and I mentioned this to you, I had a female client recently who I worked with and she's done so amazing. But I asked her like that first consult, I'm like, tell me how you feel during the day. And she like almost broke down because she's, and this is like a 45 year old mother of three. And she's I like, just no want to say that this happens constantly with women. So it's, it's a very emotional thing. Like, wait a second. So go ahead. She's like, no one's really ever asked me how I felt. Yeah. She's like, I don't know how I feel, but no one's ever asked me that. So I think there's, as you can see, many reasons why people get to that point. But I also think, too, people aren't, look at our our society. We can go 24-7 if we want to, 
right? We can order things online. We do it. We can get it the next day. We can order food. We can get, we can do everything all the time and we can do 10 things at once. We're not taking the time to tune into how we feel. We think just because we do yoga, we're feeling, but most of us physiologically are running from a lion or we're, our body's in the middle of Vietnam, but we're still doing yoga. It's just not going to do anything, right? Are we really taking the time to pause, slow down, and really sink into our body? The, the hard piece is for a lot of people, that's very, very, very scary. But it's a starting point, yeah. right? There's this opportunity, and this is something that, you know, working with our clients really gives us a valuable tool because when they food log, we are asking them to pause, right? And one of the first responses to, let's say, lack of resiliency, trauma, at whatever level, is dissociation from their body, right. right? You don't want to be in the body because it does not feel safe. So how do we slowly begin to do this? And there's these moments throughout our day in, in our work that we're asking people to pause, take a moment, Let's focus on just what the food in your body feels like. Let's just start there. Does it make you tired? Does it make you hungry? Does it make you warm, bloated? What do you notice, right? And then take a moment to just kind of where are you in this space right now to pull back into the body? Because what we want to do in order to reorient and to, and is, to reconnect. is to reconnect. So if we're constantly pulling in that reorientation piece, then we're telling the brain, oh, wait a second, I am safe, I am okay. So that underlying physiological imbalance is able to kind of get that message, right? And then as we're working at that deeper level with the nutrition, it begins to evolve over time and we really see that resilience begin to shift. Where... But to answer your question, how do you listen to your body? One of the pieces that we use, because as many is food logging. Yeah. And for a lot of people, they can't do it. They put up a lot of resistance to us. So it tells us a lot about the client. People don't realize everything that we do in our process is there for a particular reason. People see it as, oh, you want me to effing food log? This is horrendous. <laughs> like it's a homework or something, But we, right? we get a lot of information from it, not seeing what they're eating and how they're doing, how they're feeling, how their day is, but are they doing it? Are they feeling, are they able to connect? So that's, that's a big way for clients kind of at like a more you know, surface, surface way level. to begin to tune into their body because they might be numb, they might be disconnected, but when they see their day, their food, number one, they could start tuning into how they feel, even if it's basic, but two, under the surface, we're actually asking them, like Jeannie said, to stop and pause and do the food log, start paying attention to self, right? And begin to, to develop that awareness over time. And that's going to grow. Right. And, and depending on where we're at in our nervous system, it's, it's going to look different for everyone. You know, I was reading a, a piece of, the, of a book the other day and it's like, you know, when we want to reconnect with ourselves, a lot of people think, well, for example, uh, I need to start hanging out with my friends more. Right. I'm, I'm too isolated. Right. But for a lot of people, that's overwhelming. Maybe the first step is for that person, because they're in the deep piece of their nervous system. I just need to go sit on a park bench and just watch people walk by. Right. So you're slowly integrating. And that's what we're doing with the food log. We're slowly, along with other pieces, allowing them to reconnect. And that is the biggest piece to healing. If you cannot reconnect, doesn't matter what food pro program you do, a workout you do, you will never get to the get the results you want, you know, because you, you don't really know what you need. You're focusing on just a protocol. 
Yeah. Cause it's that connection piece. That's always missing. They, yeah. how, like, how is it working for me? How is, how is my system? How is my energy? How is my blood sugar? How are my hormones? How's my cycle? How's my poo? All of that. Um, yeah, which like you just said, it's a layering system. And to get someone to do that all at the start, maybe way over too overwhelming. Yeah, just to get them to do the food diary. You know, there's already that that resistance there. But is that what you're then doing? So you start to get them to do the food diary. And then do you layer in pieces that you want them to pay attention yes. to? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Initially, we don't even, you know, our approach has evolved because in the beginning, we used to send out this like 60 page assessment. You know, and then we realized as we study the nervous system deeper and what we do, like that's overwhelming. Most people can't even connect with that. We're not even getting a true assessment. So our assessment went smaller. You know, and in the beginning, we used to have people do their logging, how they feel and body temperature pulse. Now we pulled off body temperature pulse in that first month or two because we want people to feel. We want them to come face and center with how they're feeling or what they're seeing or what they're experiencing. So the next piece would be that evolution. And there's many, I'm not saying this is the like, like protocol evolution of this, but would be adding in body temperature balls so they can start getting more of a, you know, a qualitative connection with, okay, no wonder why I feel like this or why this meal's not working. You know, my temp is plummeting or no wonder why I'm feeling so anxious. You know, my pulse is super high. How do I change my environment to change that? Not just food. Right. And I think going off what you said, it's like, if we don't know the answers to these questions, how can we make the best decisions for ourselves every day? It's impossible. And that's why people are spinning their wheels because they're following everyone instead of following the most important person in this world, which is themselves. What do I need today? Just like your workout posts, which are awesome about the cycle, right? People just think I'm just going to train. I'm going to train the same way all the time. Instead of you wake up and you feel like crap today. Don't go to the gym, go for a work, go walk, go lay out in the grass and lay in the sun. You don't have to work out, you know, listen to your body. Yeah. It's the same with the food. I did a post the other day, just talking about, cause I've never been on a diet. I've never counted. I've never counted my calories, my macros restricted. And I've always just been a, what I call a confident eater, just known like what to fuel my body and listen to my body. Uh, and I never knew about like stress and metabolic foods until I found your work and, you know, Ray Peets and other people. But I, yeah, when I'm, when I'm working with these women and, and trying to support them to be these, to be a confident eater, it's, it's so, it's funny for me because like, I've never been, I've never been in that space to me. Yeah. I've just always like listened. And so we get into this conversation about like listening and, 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 making choices for us that allows us to become a confident eater, but they'll always come back to like, okay, so like what, like my calories or my, or my macros or like, should, should I be taking my temp and pulse? I've been reading this or, you know, we always gravitate straight to the numbers straight to, you know, they can be helpful for sure, but it's coming back to this. You did a post yesterday, Josh, I think, or a story about like just this consistency, you know, I can give you the basics uh, and then, just do those consistently. And then we get to see what's happening. You know, if you don't consistently eat, you don't balance your meals. Yeah. It doesn't matter like the macros or it doesn't matter your calories or, or what like your, yeah. So I think I find that the hardest piece. <laughs> yeah. 
And it's a hard piece for people to begin to dig into, right? We, we Even in some of our clients, the first several weeks that we're working with them, we'll receive logs back. And there's a section in our logs of how do I feel? And it's completely blank, <laughs> you know? So there needs really, if there's a, there's a level of encouragement that needs to happen, but also at what level can we access this for every one person, right? Is it just, again, like I was saying, the basics, do I get cold? Do I get warm? Does it satiate me for a period of time or not? And that's it, Yeah. right? And then we can begin to understand more deeply who that person is and are there other techniques, like even just pulling awareness into breath. The most important thing is how do we give ourselves enough permission to stop, pause, check in, what is happening for me right now? If we just get used to those questions for ourselves, like what do I need, what's happening for me, how do I feel? You know, and let that kind of dictate a little bit more, guide the decision makings throughout the day. I think that we're we're walking, we're moving in the right direction, right? But it's a very challenging piece for people to step into because we've been taught to avoid it for as long as we possibly can. Yeah. And that's what we're doing. That's what's so different. We like everyone's, like I said, online and Instagram, it's like so played out right now. Everyone's just strangling nutrition. It's like purple in the face, you know. And we try to bring this other thing to it, like. Let's let's look at our environment. Let's focus on how we feel. It's not just about, and I know the posts are posts versus when we work with people, but it's like not always just like eat these metabolic foods, eat every three hours, and you're going to be so healthy. It doesn't work like that, you know. Um, but I wanted to touch upon something you said because I was going to bring this up, and then you you talked about how like people gravitate towards macros and body temperature and pulse, and you know remember that listening to your body is is a good thing. The problem is with our culture, especially online, is what we do is we take this little thing and now we didn't do anything. And now we take this little thing and now we're doing too much of this thing. So now that journey of health, we've kind of passed the balance point. I've said this a million times, but now it's become over OCD. And now we're focusing so much on the macros. What do I need to get every day? You know, where I need to hit my 50% or we're focusing so much on body temperature and pulse. Like I got to hit the 98.6. The problem is when you do that, number one, health becomes unhealthy because who wants to live like that? Like, that's not fun, right? Because you're never going to get away from it. Um, number two, you're, you're missing out on all the beautiful lessons that are happening because you're not focusing on what you need. You're just trying to hit something for the point of hitting it. And we've seen it so many times with clients. And those are the clients that just need to back off. Get away from the numbers. Don't do body temperature and pulse. Don't do your macros. Focus on your sleep your hydration, getting outside, what you need to eat metabolically, how much, and when you're going to eat during the day so you can feel good. The basics, consistency. That's it. And if most people did that, honestly, they would get so much result. The problem is we're expecting results too quickly. So we think more is better. It's going to get us there faster, right? So we're actually working against ourselves. Yeah. We want to take the short way home, not the long way home. Yeah, it's, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. We get it. But I think in this, this culture that's being created, everyone thinks they need, everyone thinks they need all these supplements and they need to do red light therapy and they need to do, I can't even think of everything. Well, what, and what they need is less. Yes. They need to do less and think and just tune in more. Be, because, right. and this is the last thing I was going to say, I know I got a lot to say, but <laughs> the, the other reason why, because Jeannie mentioned this is, is, you know, people have a hard time tuning in as well because when we live in this environment that's so chaotic, right, whether we have kids or not, 
Most of us are living in this chaotic environment. Whether we, we're doing focusing too much on our health, we're working too much, we're working out all the time, we have so much going on with our kids, we're always on our phone, there's so much happening, right? But then we add in this nutrition program with Amy, right? Our plate's already overflowing. How can we expect to get any result when our plate's overflowing and we add in something good, it doesn't matter, we're still overflowing. So people need to change how they're living, change slowly, change how they're living because that's how they got here. And when you do that, you're going to find you're going to have more time to tune in, right? Because if you just try to tune in in the same environment, it's going to be impossible. We have to change that environment. And that's what we're really trying to do with people is get them to realize your diet didn't get you here, right? The past 10, 20, 30 years of how you're living got you here. It's rewiring, it's reworking, it's slowing down. How do we get you to slow down? Ten times when I'm speaking with somebody for the first time, I want them to tag their their experience of their day in one word. Like what what is your experience of your day so that they can identify it, right? And then what what's what's working and what isn't working and how do we begin to organize yes. that? Because structure, consistency, rhythm of fluidity, how do we integrate these things in without feeling like we're checking the box every moment of the day, right? So, and, and yeah. <laughs> it's a lot because everyone thinks it's all about the food, but if you can't buy the food, you don't know what to buy. So you need, so you're not overbuying food. How do you prep the food so it's not a stress? And how do you make sure that you have the food for the next day? What you're eating and when you're eating doesn't matter if you can't do any of that. Right. So there's so many things that we're talking about come before the food, which allow you to decide how you feel, what works for you, all these things which dictate what your healing journey is going to be. Right. And it should be fun. You know, it should be fun to go grocery shopping. It should be fun to buy your food. It should be fun to prep your food. And if it's not, then something's off. Right. Something's off. And you need to find the balance point for you, not what an Instagram post says but a balance point for you. It doesn't mean you have to cook all your meals. We have some people that, you know, do the, the, the meal services and they just tweak them. That's okay. Everyone's going to find health differently. Right. But we have to start focusing on more than just the food, because if we don't, we're going to be that person that, that, you know, has, has spent $20,000 and worked with everyone and it hasn't worked. Yeah. And there are like two pieces that come out of that, uh, that I love your work for is this, the looking at the bigger picture, like the, the whole umbrella. Yeah. Like that there are so many, yeah, there's so many different prongs and we need to be looking at, we do gravitate to food and I, I'm not sure. I think it's just because the culture is so strong that this is the right way, do this and then you'll get there. But, um, and training also, we gravitate straight to that, right. you know, train this way and then we'll get there. And a lot of the other prongs have been left behind kind of. Yeah. Uh, and like you said, there is, we, you need to find, maybe it's work. Maybe it's work that's creating the most stress for you. And it doesn't matter like for sure, you know, food is going to support that and we can change your training, you know, so it's not as stressful, but still it's like the work piece that you need to look at. And so I love that you always zoom yeah. back out and it's like, yeah, for sure. We can use food to like support the nervous system and help you manage stress. But like, if this one thing over here is causing the most stress like that's what you need to look at um and work on and I think we we forget that because we get because of the culture the fitness culture and the diet culture they're so sexy and they're so strong and so 
we think that if we just make the biggest changes in those two, that, you know, we'll heal, lose weight, so whatever the, the, the goal is. So that's, that's one piece that I love. And the second piece is this impermanence that you speak about. Like what works for me today may not work for me tomorrow. Right. It may not work for me in a month or even in a year. Uh, and I need to know, one, I need to be okay with that. And two, I need to know how to like navigate that and recalibrate. And if I understand my body, I, I can do that, but this is the, the broken piece. It's that people think that it's permanent. Okay, so you're telling me that I, you know, if we build a food foundation, okay, that's the only way. That's like, that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. the, the example we use is think of a baby. Yeah. Think of a baby, how they eat at newborn versus one, two, three, four, ten. 10. They eat differently, right? Based on their metabolic needs because the mother's tuning in and they know we're no different. We just get lost in the minutia of dieting and stress and SIBO and kidney, all these things. We lose, we lose that connection with ourselves. But, but I do want to say that speaking to the attunement that we would have to a child, it's the same level of attunement we right. need to be having for ourselves when we're trying to shift the physiology and regulate the nervous system, which is driving. Yeah. us physiologically right and, and that's a hard and that's the hard thing is because we again have been taught to keep going keep pushing keep moving right. keep keep go 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 you know and if that's where the whole paradigm shift has to take place we have to come back into self and like you said that is where you get your power that's where you find your power because the scariness goes away, right? The uncertainty goes away. There's not a fear of making a decision around what you need because you're so aware of what your body responds positively to and negatively to. It's empowering. Right? Because now you know you have a choice. Process. It's like my client I was telling you about. I've been working with her for about five months, came to me with heart issues, GI issues. I mean, she's just done the work, no questions asked, tuned in, but that's her personality. And it's been so freeing for her, right? And it's been so easy for her. And she's tried everything. Yeah. It's it's we literally talked for 15 minutes because mm -hmm. she's like that type of person, but it's amazing. But then you have other people that we work with for so long and they it's a challenge and we're doing the same stuff. It's that connection, right? And and really finding what works for them and getting that power back and really knowing what they need every day. And that goes with. I think I talked about this like a few weeks ago on Instagram stories, but um, there was like a Sunday night where like Harrison woke up, you know, and then we went back to bed and then the fire engine went by at like two in the morning, we woke up and then at like four, Gene was like, what's that? And of course <laughs> I freak out, man in the house, I wake up, grab my air 15, my six man knife. I'm just kidding. I put on my pink pajamas and my tutu and then I grabbed my noodle and I walked out there and you know, of course, it's like, what noodle? I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, the noodles that go in the pool. I know that. Never mind. Oh. oh, what noodle? So, um, you know, it's like you wake up and you're like, I had no appetite. I was exhausted. Should I go to the gym? Well, I got to push through. No, I didn't go to the gym. Or maybe I do go to the gym and I just do like cardio to the point where I could just nose breathe. It's just light, you know? Or, Maybe I just don't go to the gym and relax or, you know, I usually get up and have my, I'm just making this stuff up, but I wake up and have my breakfast. I have my eggs and my fruit and my toast, but I have no appetite. I'm still going to push through and eat it. No, maybe like, like what I did. Okay. Let me just have a little bit of yogurt and collagen. Let me put some wood on the fire to get the fire going. 
It's light. Two hours later, appetite came back. Then I can have my breakfast. Next day, go back to my norm. You have to adapt. You have to meet your body's needs. Because if you don't, you're not meeting your body's needs, you know, and you're just going to be banging your head off the wall. So it's that tuning in that is, it's that strategy, that tuning in that for us differentiates us, but it helps people so much. And that just goes back to tuning into your child, right? Every single day, you know, okay, they seem super fussy today. Should we, should we bring Harris to parkour? Probably not this Tuesday. He's like super fussy. He's tired. It's the same thing. Right. And it's so powerful, so powerful. And most people say it's so easy. It makes so much sense. It's so simple, but it's challenging. It's very hard to do. Yeah. Very hard to do, especially if you are in a state of low resiliency, right? Because any move in the wrong direction, everything's going to crumble. Right. So you have, there has to be a level of safety and security. And that's where, or calmness. And that's where the food component, like you said, Yes, it can help you regulate. In that regulation, we're going to tone down all that noise. And maybe now we can hear a little bit more clearly. Right. Right. So, yeah. So it's like you, you need to support them with this foundation, you know, like the, just the bottom of the pyramid. Yeah. You can give them yeah. some guidelines as in like, okay, you know, this what's food for? Yep. To give us, you know, yeah. energy on a cellular level to support our metabolism. It helps us with stress. Okay. Now, what does that look like? You know, we could do this, this, and this. Uh, so then we're just like calming that system down. Uh, and then we add in like, there's, then you're, you're going for the, the, the individual part. Yeah. Well, it's always going to look different for everyone. Yes, right? which is also, because, you say that a lot and I love that. <laughs> yeah, like everyone's foundation is going to be different, right? Yeah. What, what we're focusing on, how much they're eating. Someone could come to us eating one meal a day. We're going to start with a meal and a snack. Someone could come to us with four meals. Someone could come to us working graveyard shift where someone else only gets three hours. I mean, everyone's, even their foundation is going to look different. The principles are there, yeah. but how they mesh into someone's life because they're dealing with a human is going to be de- very different because of someone's emotional status, their story, their traumas, you know, how much they're, uh, how much they've done, maybe how much damage they have done everything in between. So it's always going to look a little bit different, but you know, and I, and I've, I repeat myself a lot for reasons, but you know, when I went through the check Institute, Gina and I both went through the check Institute certifications. And when I finished check level four, I remember Paul asking us like, what's the one thing you learned? And I said that I didn't need to take this course. I didn't need to take this 11 day, $4,500 course because most people are coming in so chaotic and so unbalanced. All they need is the basics. 99% of my clients need the basics and they have a hard time with the basics. And if we just do that, we can make the biggest difference. Right. And it's, it's so true. What are the basics? Well, I think for Food, lo- water. Yeah. I think for a lot of people, <laughs> and I hate saying this, it's going to be a little different. <laughs> Yeah. Because, for example, like I have a client now who, who has, you know, been a DJ, you know, he's been up all night, sleep during the day for 20 years. So it, it's a lot of basics for him are, yeah, the food, but how do we like work the other way? You, you know, and there's a lot of other pieces in between where for someone else, the basics could be, you know, just focusing on their frequency or, you know, other people we work with, it's helping them with that, but also like... And, like this correlates with what we've been saying the whole time, but like, what do you do beside yourself, beside like work for someone else, help your kids and constantly give energy away? Like, what are your hobbies? 
How do you begin to reconnect with yourself besides just food? So it's, I think it's a little bit different for everyone, what their foundation looks like, but of course it's metabolic foods and, you know, getting outside and, and hydrating. And I mean, the basics of what we talk about, you know, um, but, you know, I, I think how, and I hate saying this all the time, but it's going to look different for every single person. It really is. Yeah. It's challenging. Well, I think you said it was what's really important is, again, the principles always stay the same. It's, it's the approach that's going to be different. And yeah. that's always going to vary because of different lifestyles. You know, a lot of the times, I mean, I've walked into sessions and we didn't even talk about food the first session, yeah. especially with my mommies who have multiple children at home, right? It's like, again, how do you, what do you want your day to look like? Paint the perfect picture for me right? And then let's pick one piece of it. Let's start from when we wake up. How do you want to get out of bed? How do you want to move into the day? What's interrupting that process? How do we begin to build that, right? Or how do we navigate or move it around in ways that support the household and everyone in the home is being supported and getting what they need for themselves, right? Versus pushing our own needs away for everybody else's. And that's um, often a great place to begin and that helps them begin to structure their day and know what they need for themselves the next moment and, and so on and so forth but it's it's a building process but why is this so important right it helps people reconnect it helps them create a better life create a foundation create sustainability but what we're really doing without them even know it's happening is we're changing the environment right we're not taking all these supplements and doing this fun stuff in the middle of vietnam anymore right? We're quieting the stress response and we're creating a better environment. So for the last time in their life, they have to hire someone, right? And they really can create this long-term sustainable. Because what's happening now is, and we brought this up a few times, but when you look at the nervous system, there's, there's two pieces, but there's actually two pieces to the parasympathetic. You have the parasympathetic, you know, rest and digest, social engagement. That's where we're trying to get people back to. That's like homeostasis. Then you have sympathetic. It's like a ladder, sympathetic. And then you, this is ventral vagal, sympathetic, and then dorsal vagal, which is another piece of the parasympathetic nervous system. This is the piece that babies are actually born with or the nervous system of reptiles, right? What happens to an opossum? Google it when they, when they confront danger. They literally fall over. Google it. And their heartbeat slows down and they play dead, right? So that, that lower piece is, 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 is a piece of our nervous system in a positive way, but it's where most people are now, it's at a mobilized frozen state, right? Sympathetic is more mobilization. So most people are in that sympathetic or that lower piece, that, that dorsal vagal, that immobilization, they can bounce back and forth, whatever it may be. The reason we're trying to get people to do all this stuff, to move out of that, to pause, to create balance and move back up and connect is because that top piece, it's called social engagement for a very simple reason. The ventral part of the vagus nerve connects down very complex way, but to the heart and the facial muscles, right? And we begin to learn this when we're a baby. Our mother helps us, what's the word I'm looking for? Shape that piece of the nervous system so we can co-regulate. Like baby on ground, oh, where's mommy? I'm scared. Oh, there's mommy. I see mommy. She smiles, right? It's that social engagement. And that's why obviously 
you know, not isolating yourself is so important. Engaging with people is so important. Community is so important, but Mm -hmm. um, we're trying to get people back up to that with hobbies and, and pausing and focusing on themselves because that's where we need to be. Right. If we're not, we're running from a lion. If we're not, we're completely frozen and isolated. Right. And basically hibernation. And we shouldn't be there. We should be there when we need to, but we should be able to bounce back. So we're getting people to that homeostatic state over time as best we can with the approach that we have, but it's hidden in the sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's, it's an approach. Like that's a method. There's like principles. It's not just the food piece. Yes. The food is important, but there is many other pieces, I guess, to the puzzle. Yeah. 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 Um, you speak about three H's. Can you speak about the three H's that you talk about? Happy morning, oh, I posted about that. <laughs> yeah, you did. Happy Can you talk about it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's it's kind of silly, but it's like three easy ways to assess health. Yeah. So if you're hungry, we know that you're in that that parasympathetic state. Because if you're not, you're running from a lion, right? Or you're frozen, you're not going to have an appetite, right? Because energy is is diverted to your muscles and where you need it most. Um. Are you horny? You have a libido, right? Anything that's kind of anabolic goes up, catabolism is going to go down and vice versa. So if you're running from a lion, you're not, oh my God, I'm so horny. I want to have sex or I want to procreate. That's not going to happen because of the hormones that are being released to help you run from a lion. Correct? So it kind of suppresses them. This is why a lot of young women have low progesterone. Doesn't mean they're estrogen dominant, right? Doesn't mean this is so overplayed out. It just means that they're they're living in chronic stress or they have lived in chronic stress, right? What's that everyone again? Happy. Are you happy? <laughs> That's the top one, Josh. <laughs> yeah, right. So well, I always want to say healthy is the third one. So it's like if you look at those and say, Am I waking up? Am I happy with my life? If I'm not, what do I need to change? Like what's wrong? What am I living for? Or who, where am I putting my energy the most? Because what most people are doing is they're creating energy and giving it away, right? Or they're, be, they're, they're creating an environment where it's allowed to be taken. Yeah. And not build it, right? Just like a leaky toilet, just leaking energy out everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I just, the reason why I love them is because they're, it's simple and yeah you can take those three words and actually just really think about like on a daily basis, am I like, am I, am I happy? Do I feel light and happiness? Do I feel hungry? (laughs) Because not being hungry is not a good thing. Uh, And then do I, you know, do I want to have sex or do I feel like sexual or do I feel, you know, sensual or, or yeah. So I, the re- I just like them because they're simple check-ins that you can, yeah, that I guess can be a starting point. Simple assessment of where you're at. Yeah. 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 Um, but it can drive your decisions, right? If I'm not hungry today, why am I not hungry? It's not that you just don't want food. Maybe you're eating too many big meals and you need to eat more smaller meals. Maybe there's something happening in your life or, you know, what happened the day before. Maybe you went for a long run and you forget and that created the stress, you know. Um, am I horny today? Well, if you're not, well, why? It's not always food. Yeah. You know, I work with a lot of mothers that say, is my libido always is going to come back? Of course it's going to come back. The more anabolic you come, it's going to come back. But remember, it's not just about becoming anabolic. You know, 
you have to ask yourself, am I happily married? Is there intimacy? I mean, we, are we creating intimacy, right. intimacy now that we have children? I mean, there's so many factors. It's an environment. So the, that little system of the three H's can easily drive your choices, decisions, and awareness. Yeah. And the piece around, like I work with a lot of women that are mothers and you were speaking about, you know, helping them find their hobbies, like doing something for them again, because they've been giving out and doing for everyone else in their life. And often they're little humans that that can be a thing that can be really weighing down on their three H's, especially the horny one. Yeah. Is this constant, the giving of the energy and the constant, you know, being touched by the children and not having time for herself to come back and connect in with herself through, you know, whether it's her training or a particular, particular hobby. Yeah. Right. I mean, I speak to so many moms that are just like, if I just had an hour a week that I could look forward to that, I don't have anybody that I have to attend to. It's just me, myself, and I, it's like, they're good, right? Just that one little hour. So but at the same time, again, we've been taught to give, 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 give. And unless we prioritize ourselves in the same way that we prioritize a meeting or other, you know, um, responsibilities, no one is going to give us that time, right. right? So it does have to be scheduled in just like any other appointment. And we have to take hold of it and own it and not sacrifice it under any circumstances as hard as it can be because moms carry guilt as well right like oh i'm not there i should be there da, 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 da. we will tell ourselves an entire whole story about why we shouldn't be doing what we want to be doing or, or that we need to be doing more importantly and i think um sometimes we have to just do it <laughs> i suppose you know yeah not an easy thing. Any any parent, it could be the relationship itself. It could be a father. It could be a mother. You know, it, people as single parents. It's just how do I find the time? And for some people, it's challenging. We have to create it. You know, and I'm not saying like we're saying TV is great, but maybe you take that 15 to 20 minutes or 30 minutes sometimes, and just put your kid in front of like songs on tape or, or a more educational thing on, on YouTube, whatever. So you can have that just to like sit and be a little bit, you know, we do that sometimes we just need it. We don't like doing it, but it's needed sometimes, but yeah. Or when your kids are playing, we always play with them, but sometimes just let them play and, and do the things you need to do and find that break. Cause when you're a parent, sometimes just going to the grocery store can feel like a vacation yeah. when, you're, when you're not with your child. Yes. Definitely. You know, love to death, but Jeannie would be like, we need milk. I'm like, I'm going. I'm going. I got it. I think we need other things as well. Yeah. Up. Just send me a list. I'm out of here. Text it to me. Yeah. But it comes back to this whole conversation around like this resiliency. I, the other night I was doing an intention setting session with all the women that I work with. And, you know, we can have goals and it could be our training, it could be whatever. But if we don't have the energy to do that, Right. We're just exhausted. So we often just want to sit down and, and maybe watch something just to rest for a little bit because we're, we've leaked so much energy and we haven't brought it back in that we ha we're exhausted to do the things that we want to do. And uh, that's super common with the, the mums that I work with. It's that they haven't eaten enough, yeah, for them. They haven't 
gotten the food piece right. And then they're training on top of that, which is so stressful that they're, they're just exhausted um, because they don't have the energy on like a cellular level at the end of the day to, to do the things that they, they want to do. Even if they have that hour of time, they're just exhausted. It's hard for a lot of my stay at home moms and their husbands are at work all day. I talk to them about trying to find a babysitter or trying to find, you know, one of their parents to give them that time. If they can't, I'll just say, you know, turn on the TV. But then when they say I'm exhausted, I'll say, then honor that. Because you'll get out of that at some point, but honor it. So when you have that break, just go sit outside. Maybe take a nap. Maybe just lay in your bed with music or do breath work. Honor it. I find for some moms, it's, it's, it helps to do it day by day. So let me do a self-check-in when I wake yeah. up. Where am I? And then literally doing a brain dump. Let's put it all on paper. Let me get it out of my head. Let me see what the priorities are for the day. And then what do I actually have the energy for, right? And then we do a one, two, three of kind of like, okay, these are the top three things that I can get done. And here's something else I can do. And here's one thing I can do for myself. And I think that that's part of it. We have to kind of reframe what this time looks like. It might not be an hour a week. It might be five minutes a day. You know what I mean? Or five minute increments here and there throughout the day that we just kind of get to close our door and go quiet for a second, you know? So we kind of have to reshape that whole concept of what that time and space looks like. That could do a lot for a lot of people. And a lot of people poo poo it or it's not enough time. You just start small and go somewhere. Right. But it's a really easy way to kind of um, reset. Yeah. Right. There's sometimes where, I mean, Harrison's just an amazing little boy, but he's very high energy. And it's just sometimes where I'm like, I'm just going to take five or 10, you know, or she's like, I just need to, you know, I'll be go back. And I need to go for a walk for 10 <laughs> minutes and just reset. Away. It's And it helps so much because what happens is when we don't do that, we don't meet our metabolic needs or our emotional needs is we get irritated. The child, the, the child does something and we mad at the child. It's not the child, it's us. <laughs> We didn't create the environment. We didn't reset when we should have, right? So I think when we tune in and listen to our body, we realize that I need these five-minute breaks or I need to take that 20-minute break every day or, you know, whatever it needs to be, you know, based on who you are in, in your day and what it all is. But one of the things with women, Amy, in that you're saying is that here we are so beaten down, so broken down, so energy deficient. Yeah, we're going to go push harder and not get the results that we're looking for. And it's because the workout is counterproductive. It's completely working against everything that you're even capable of. Where how do we begin to allow women to begin to understand if I do less, I'm actually gaining more, right? That whole concept is like, what do you mean if I do less, I'm going to get more? Because we've been so driven by do, do, do more to get to that end goal faster, And that couldn't be further from the truth in this day and age because everything is moving so quickly around us. We have to slow ourselves down and learn how to be in this crazy world as it is today, you know, and part of that is, you know, again, reframing what are the goals here? What is my, is my goal to be a fitness model or is my goal just to be able to be able to move, run with my kids, you know, explore the world in any way, shape or form that I need to do it. Right. Um, and anchoring that but again there's so much pressure on well it's challenging because working. the world is moving so fast you see it because look at all the new workout systems that are constantly coming out right the biggest one that drives that is crossfit 
And it's, and, you know, I did CrossFit for so many years and I coached and I competed, but it's probably the worst thing most people that are trying to heal could possibly do. I don't even care if you scale it, because if you scale it, you're still going to do that scaled workout too intense, right? Um, So we need to move moving slower. We need to take more time to recover. We need to walk out of our workouts feeling rested. We need to make sure that we have that foundational principles. So we have the energy to work out. Right. I mean, if you look at our culture, everyone needs a pre-workout to work out. If you need a pre-workout to work out, you shouldn't be working out. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's, I, I want to be mindful of time and I know we didn't get straight, like right into the training cycle stuff, but Jeannie, I think you kind of opened up. I would love to have the next conversation around like, uh, it's everyone, but most of my work is with women. And so, you know, if we're, we're not having, we're, we're leaking energy, we don't have the energy from a nutrition standpoint. And then we're doing like this high intensity, you know, cardio type training, that's leaking more energy and creating more stress that like, what do we do then? Yeah. And like, why, why are we doing it? So I would love that for uh, to be the next conversation. Cause I just want to be mindful of your, of your time. Yeah. And so I'd love to get into like that, the training piece a little bit, the nervous system piece, um, you know, what, what you kind of do, because a lot of the women that's, that come to me, uh, we just go to walking. So it's, it's, that's like kind of their piece for them to get out and just go for a walk by themselves and they, now or next time next time we chat. next time but just because you know we've done an hour and I think uh even though we didn't chat about what we were going to chat about but it's totally fine and I think there's such great pieces out of that so it's coming back to like okay so how let's like recap so if we talk about like listening to the body like how are we going to do that so we talked about the food log and just picking one thing, you know, that they can start to, to connect with their body, you know, by listening to it. And then we've spoken about like changing the environment, like actually looking at like, what is stressful? You know, if I have three kids and I've just worked, you know, I was doing a call with a, uh, one of the women that I work with the other night, she has a full-time job. She has three kids, the dogs there at the door at 6 PM at night whinging. And she's like, I don't even know why it's fucking here because like there's six other people in the house, but it's like right here at me, you know? And like, like, we, di- we didn't do a session together. We just sat there and we talked about things that she could do. And like, so the environment is a big one that we spoke about today, changing the environment. Uh, and then I'm really honoring what you're capable of. I love that you said yeah. that. I have a client that has seven children at home and she's homeschooling all of them and wonders why, you know? And I'm like, it's <laughs> a beautiful <laughs> decision to make, you know, and it's a wonderful thing to be able to do. But if you do not have the capacity, who is it really helping? Right. Right. So I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, no. And that's like, I guess the, the next piece is this piece around like creating space to make sure you're bringing energy back in. Yeah. Like whether you do the five minutes lying down, whether you prioritize that, you know what, actually it is important that you just eat, you eat lunch today. Yeah. I know that you might have three kids that you're trying to navigate, but let's like have something ready and spend, you know, at least five or 10 minutes, you know, eating that for you to get energy back in. So I think the third piece that we spoke about is like, creating the space, like making the choice to like 
reset or like trying to get, you know, energy in. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. And then next time I'd love to chat about this training piece um, right. and bring in and bring in the training and the cycle piece into that. Anytime. Cool. Yeah. Let us know when we'd love to. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful. Thanks so much for well, one for the work that you do. Uh, yeah, it's, it's so important. Uh, and then thanks for making the space to come on and, and chat again. Appreciate it. Again, we appreciate and love the work you're doing. Yeah. Cause it helps to get the word out and more people hear that how much, how in control they truly are in giving people back their power. Again, we all affect one another. So, um, yeah. it's a starting point, yeah. right? I, I just think like, what how like how would we navigate the world if we were all like confident eaters and knew how to like you know manage our stress and like (laughs) just aware of what we need and aware yeah i don't know if everyone was like that it might be a little annoying there was there'd be no like polarity to it there's a fine balance with everything yeah (laughs) for sure okay well i get out and enjoy the sunshine or the brightness (laughs) yeah i will You can listen to these episodes wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please give the podcast some love by subscribing now. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate it and share it with another warrior woman. Bye for now. Hey, warrior woman, I've created something very cool. Warrior school. Do you feel like you can't get the results that you want in your training? You don't know how to eat to support your training and cycle. And do those irregular or painful cycles actually stop you from training? I've worked with hundreds of women and have had thousands of conversations and most have struggled with at least one of these things, some all three, for years, sometimes even decades. Warrior School was birthed from what I have learned and experienced myself over the last 13 years about training, food, and the menstrual cycle. It's an individual coaching program and online community for women who want to get strong and learn how to train with their cycles. So if you're feeling lost and disconnected from your body, if you're feeling tired and confused, and you feel like you don't have a good understanding in how to train for you. I'm here to tell you that there's something you can do about it. Warrior School teaches you how to train smart to get results. You will learn to understand what works for you and it will feel really bloody good to train. I will also teach you how to eat to support your metabolism, training and cycle. Join this community of women who lift weights, track their cycles, and train with them.